welcome to the podcast In Progress by Travel Fit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of Travel Fit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear about each person's story and how they overcame their own challenges and achieved their own goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how we can use travel as a way to benefit and impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening in to today's episode. Today I'll be interviewing Rod from the Potty Studio in Nambour, property developer and creator of the Stillness Everyday Journal. We dive into Rod's upbringing and what led him to where he is today, what chaos he had in his younger years, how he's been participating in Vispassana events for the last 10 years, and how to move from dreamer to achiever and what might be holding you back in life. We talk about the language of the body and how creating more discipline in your life will allow you to get more out of your life. Thanks so much for listening into this episode today and enjoy. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today. For people listening in, who are you? What do you do? Yep. Thanks, Chris. Um, my name's Horodidos or Rod. A lot of people know me as. I own the pottery studio in Nambour. I am in construction. A lot of my time um, involved in property and I help out with family business as well. So I suppose entrepreneurial and just, yeah, kind of obsessed with opportunities. And I would almost, I'd probably say that I, um, it's, it's my blessing and curse because um, when you're in this mindset, right, you see opportunities everywhere. And I, there's only so many hours in the day. So juggling everything becomes the challenge, but um, that's where meditation comes into it. Yeah. Before we go too far into like, you know, what you're involved in, how you got involved in it. What did you like earlier years start as? Have you always been like super entrepreneurial? Um, were you always present or were you a bit chaotic in your earlier years in life? Um, I was definitely that. Uh, I mean, I got expelled from school. I, was always trouble never you know i think every single semester was um if rod just applied himself he'd do really well at school that sort of child and then after school you know partying drugs all that all that happened raided by police so i think when by the time i started my journey it was probably you know i i did i was i went into a long-term relationship and i think um she kind of um slowed me down a bit in a good way and then I started to, you know, reflect on us, like, what am I doing um, with the work I was doing? I was actually was doing similar work then um, involved with my father or um, I was, you know, laboring sort of jobs, but I was approaching it with the, a different mindset. So, you know, it might've been, it was all around money for material reasons, whereas now it's more about money for what influence can I have on the world? How can I, expand my worldview 
how can I extend my influence in what I believe that the world, you know, would be a better place um, from having that investment. So that probably started around when I was, I'd say 20, 21, but what, to answer your question, entrepreneurial, I probably was, but I was more of a dreamer. I didn't actually execute a lot until I'd say six years ago, maybe. Now it's like whatever I touch, I get done. But it was something for years I would kind of, you know, I'd dream and dream and dream. And then uh, I think my dad probably said to me, he's like, you can have all these great ideas, but that's the fucking easy part. You've got to actually do the work. You know what I mean? So when I started to become more disciplined in, you know, creating that path for myself rather than just imagining it and talking about it, because what happens when you talk about things is you, you validate yourself as if it's already happened. You're having the experience because it's in your mind and you're feeling what it would feel like right now. So then tomorrow you you don't have that same excitement to keep going after it because you already have it so the, the the high kind of wears off and i think this is where a lot of people come unstuck is they um they get hyped up about these great ideas but everyone has ideas and they're infinite so really it's the execution that's worship it's not the actual idea mm. what do you think it is like what was the i guess like the clicking moment for you to actually shift though honestly like my dad's influence probably would have been part of it but then when I first started the past the meditation I think I did my first one when I was 21 and the discipline required to go for 10 days in silence to meditate I think it's eight no it's probably more like 10 hours a day from like 4 a.m to 9 p.m but then you've got a few breaks in between but you know you you've got to get up at 4 30 4 4 30 because they're ringing the bell and then you can't talk and you can't distract yourself. You can't write, you can't use your phone and you're kind of on this schedule. So when I left that, I actually decided I was going to go study architecture. And when I went to uni, I kind of took that approach of that discipline I had from there and everything that I learned at Vipassana from meditating and the practice. And when I was at architecture school, I was working hundred hour weeks because I was in the Goldie. I had, you know, I had a, a new crowd around me. I didn't know anyone. And I lived with my grandparents. So I had like no real desire to go home all the time and just hang out at home because it wasn't that exciting. So I'd spend hours working. And then once I left uni, I was just so used to working so much. So I brought that into my work life. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think the number one thing you learn from the past meditation is to learn to observe all sensations as they arise equanimously. So equal to so whether they're good or bad. Sorry it's a wrong you shouldn't say good or bad whether it's like a blissful sensation or a pain or agony it doesn't matter they're all arising to pass away so when you you know you're faced with adversity in life it's no different you just kind of look at it as i've got to get this done regardless and you go through it Mm. and that's kind of like i instantly think of um i think it's his name's joe willie um he he talks he's like a ex-navy seal i'm pretty sure could be completely butchering this but essentially all he says is to everything is good bad blah blah he just says good good. yeah jocko jocko um i say good all the time as well because yeah yeah, it is it's just like yeah good more time to train and it just like i know i feel like it creates that acceptance of like everything that happens and creates like detachment 
from things that may like possibly, I don't know, trigger someone or create a reaction that people possibly may be seeking to, you know, attach themselves to a story and this is why I didn't do this and et cetera. Excuses are just like, um, like no one cares. I've never heard an excuse where I cared about listening to it. The, the excuses only feel good for you. Because if you actually think about when have you ever heard an excuse and gone, oh, yeah, so true. Like, that's exactly right. Like, you just go, okay, you lost. You know what I mean? You you didn't win or you didn't get it done. Like, no one actually cares about the reason why. They just care that it didn't get done. Get back up on your feet and do it again. So really, excuses are just kind of, yeah, they're just a way out. And do you find that, like, as we go through time at the current moment, that there's more and more people creating more and more excuses and more narratives. I just think it's probably highlighted more because um, we're all connected way more. I was talking to someone yesterday about, you know, property. I know quite a lot about it. I wouldn't say I'm like an expert Grant Cardone, but I've been around it for 10 years, invested, develop a property developer, like renovate things, um, builder so like I've, i'm in it from like start to the finish buying it selling it renting it whatever so i understand finance quite well and i was speaking to someone about it and they were kind of really amazed and what i said i said what's interesting is right now you can learn from people like grant cardone who are billionaire property investors um because of the because of the internet so i actually see it as a good thing that we have this because if you choose that you want to learn about property there is billionaires talking about how to do it. Whereas 10 years ago, you couldn't get that. But on the same token, you can also, you can also fall down a, um, you know, a TikTok hole where you just scroll aimlessly watching crap. So I think that is something, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's probably always existed. You know, there's always mm-hmm. been leaders and always been followers. I would just say that it's more obvious now because you can see, you can see a lot of bullshit when people like to fake on instagram i suppose and this brings me to the question i always like asking this is what what differentiates someone who's on a personal development journey who's just you know let's just say dreaming versus people who are on a personal development journey but they're not using an excuse or they're actually like achieving things would you say it's just like from the the perspective of just doing it or um so the first one is someone who's not doing anything mm. and they're just making excuses. Yeah. Um, I mean, a good telltale is to look back at like, I mean, from people who do things, you know how much you can actually get done in a week, especially if you're in like a receptive, abundant mindset and you are open to receiving everything that's required to get what you've asked for. Um, you know, a bit of like law of attraction sort of thoughts to create reality. But I think, Things move very, very quickly. Um, I have no example right now, but I know that like sometimes, you know, a mate of mine actually on Monday, he said, I want to start this business. And I've heard him like, cause he's got a business, but he wants to start this other business who was really passionate about it. He's been talking about it for two years, but now he's in a position to like need a nutritionist. Good. Found one for him straight away, organized the meeting. Then he's like, I need, um, an apprentice. I said, what else do you need? You need an apprentice for, um, um, his electrical business, but I can't find one. He's been trying for a few months. And then I was like, okay. And then because I, I don't know, it's like, because I put the energy that I can do this, I can find it. I had like 10 people that afternoon doing interviews and wanting the job. 
which he's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't get what happened. Like I've been looking for a job, for, I've been looking for an employee for three months, but it's almost like you, you put in your mind that there's no one out there, but then at the same time you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, it's like, I know that for myself, you know, um, oh, which, oh, it's why I'm trying to find a builder for this job in Bundaberg. And I keep telling myself there's no one, but at the same time for every, everything else, I'm saying there is someone and they're all coming, but then it's what I'm saying there's not. And it's like, that's what's stopping me. And I know that's what's stopping me. It's like a drill, um, for that electrical job, he was saying, you know, I can't find anyone. There's no one else. There's no one out there. And it's like the moment I said, I'll find someone. I literally, I said no to 10 people. So there's too many. You have to look inside and go, are you actually, are you, do you have resistance on what you're asking for? Mm. And what excuses are normally the, the um, excuses are the resistance because, you know, he was saying, I can't find anyone. There's no one that, that's just, they're not true. And I guess like with that too, like, would you say that's a little bit of like the law of assumption? It's, like you're assuming an outcome when you don't know what's going to happen would yeah. be another thing that I think is why people fail in what they're doing is because they create this like linear timeline of, you know, I've just started this business and it's going to look like this soon, but it's going to look like this. Yeah. The moment it goes up and then just plummets down, they think if they give up because it's not that straight line that they've assumed is what's going to happen because it's never going to happen like that. And I guess that with business, it's like, it's so interesting with like, cause you base it on a few things. It's like people, you know, create the dream of like, I'm going to get here to here and I'm going to make this, this in this amount of time frame. And it can be two of things. It can be a hundred percent self-belief where you just do it. Or it can be, like you said, like not really embedding those, those troops in yourself and actually believing it. And then it becomes more and more and more, or you're making more and more excuses or obstacles are appearing because you're never really ready for it. And do you think with that as well, it's like resistant building, like, sorry, uh, resilience and discipline to get through those, opportunities obstacles opportunities 100 percent. so that's why i always say life is suffering because i mean it is a buddhist thing i think you know buddha believes that life is all suffering and to to reach nirvana you kind of transcend suffering through meditation um putting aside that if you just approaching the your life is knowing that all the suffering that's coming to you is like what is required for you to transcend so that you can have what you want then i think you start if you start to look at suffering differently and look at it as if like this is literally life like i'm going to suffer if i don't do this but i'm also going to suffer if i do do it but i get what i want when i do that so i may as well choose this option Mm. you know i think a lot of people um go oh that's too hard but it's like you know it's like if you're overweight it's like too hard to lose weight i'm like okay is it really that easy being fat like it's not it's far easier being strong (laughs) you know what i mean so you choose your hard really and it's always like those those hurdles they're not as hard as you think and when you start to look and find joy in everything you're doing because that fun thing that you're looking for that thing that you're desiring those fun things are only going to come to you when you can find literally fun and joy in everything else Mm. You need to find joy in the mundane, basically. You need to be able to have have fun everywhere because joy is like one of the highest vibrations. When you're in a higher vibration, you're in a receptive vibration to receive what you ask for. And that goes on the, the Hawking scale. Is it a Hawking scale? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. yeah. And can you explain for people listening in that scale, like in the sense of like what it is, like anger, sadness, et cetera, to like that, I guess, 
like is it enlightenment that's top or is there something about that um i think um i don't know the scale that well yeah. i just know that um i know which are on the top and bottom but i think enlightenment probably comes with the peace or um it'd be just joy it's like if everything's bliss like joy you can find joy in everything i think that would probably be considered enlightenment on that scale but you know anger fear um anxiety maybe but that yeah anxiety things like that like anger and fear are one of the worst ones right because anger is just um when you when you're angry at someone you're just burning inside really like there's absolutely no point mm. holding on to anger fear will just stop you doing anything in life um and fear is ultimately i believe a fear of death because your ego is the only thing that's that fears anything like if you're if say i had a fear of um public speaking right now or right now like on this podcast I, i'm fearing the judgment of who i believe i am like this identity that i don't want destroyed so if i stuff up and i say something wrong i might get embarrassed and i'm i fear that embarrassment but all that is is the fear of the identity you're putting out that people you believe people view you as getting destroyed so when you come to when you come to terms with actual death that this vessel will die in like the future then you can come then you can become accepting of moment to moment death so then you stop fearing things like well, why would i fear that because what's actually happening in that moment of fear is um you're just worried about you know your ego's worried about it's trying to protect itself it's trying not mm -hmm. to be crushed that makes sense 100 it's it's crazy because like it's like it's kind of like levels i kind of look at it as like the ego will always like try and protect you against like harder and harder levels so yeah. every time there's a challenge you you i guess like not really eh, kind of like an ego death i guess per se but you're always kind of like leveling up into a new person with new perspectives but you're constantly being challenged so it's never like you get to this point and you're like i'm i can do anything well you can but like to get through the levels to that point, it's going to take you a bit. And once you get to that point where you're like, ah, oh, just accept it. I, I, I'm open to failing. I'm open to learning. Then life is obviously more blissful. And then you can start thriving and not like just surviving, especially with like, I guess like the nerve system and stuff too. Like a lot of people always in that, that, um, synthetic state, that's stressed and they're, they're ready to go and they're like, Oh fuck, Susan unfriend me on Facebook. That bitch. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we worry about the most petty things. Um, like someone not liking you. Um, there's literally eight, eight billion other people. It's like, so what? Uh, it's like, you know, um, people have like fears of being alone and stay in toxic relationships and, like they're not worthy of having someone better. And, um, you know, someone says something completely out of context that wasn't even bad and you take it to heart and you go home and you get all upset and you perpetuate the thinking of it. Why'd they say this to me? Blah, blah, blah. Like when you can get to a point where it really doesn't matter why they said it or who said it or, you know, what anyone thinks of you, you, you can go out and just achieve whatever you want. Mm. And that can transfer straight into obviously your business, your personal life, everything in between everything and i just think it's wild too like whenever you hold that stress in like obviously like that's how diseases are created like that's how like mm -hmm. these illnesses are manifested and you know it's a lot 
when I talk to people about this, cause I just like talking about all the different shit, it just gets like makes my brain wide. <laughs> um, and it's so interesting to see people's perspectives because they're like, what do you mean? I, I can, I create my own illnesses. And it's like, well, stress is obviously just your adrenals pumping through. It's, it's in that it's trying to protect itself. So you're getting all this adrenaline pumps through your body. You can't do that all the time. If you, you know, you're never in that rest and digest state, you know, your body's not looking after itself. Like if you never go to the mechanic, the car's going to break down forever. And it's so crazy when you think like, oh, okay. And like, you know, obviously sore throat, um, ears hurting, all these different things are obviously, as we know, like different signs of the body being like, well, you're not speaking your truth. Why is, that's why your, your, your throat's like stuck. And I have experienced this so many times. And, um, one of the times was actually with, um, Gracie Purvis and I was having a chat to her one day and she's like, I was like, Oh man, my throat's like really sore. Like I just, I'm struggling to talk. And she's like, Oh yeah, why is that? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. She's like something happened. You're not saying something. And, yeah. and I started talking and she just started like listening to me. And I was just like, it was, I think it was like two weeks that I was like, I had this sore throat and I started talking to her. And anyway, by the end of the conversation, my, my throat was normal. And I was like, that's just like a clear example to me. Unless you've experienced it, obviously it's going to be a bit harder to understand and really believe it. But there's been other things like lower back soreness. All right. Well, you're financially burdened or you're taking on, I think it might be too much, too much. You feel like you're taking on too many responsibilities. There's all different things as we know, but even like looking at things like that just absolutely blows my mind because that creates so much clarity of like, your body's warning you of things. The universe is always working for you. And that's like nothing's ever happening to you. Mm. You're creating it all. And yeah, um, the universe is always, it's always manifesting into your reality what you either asked for or what, or I mean, it's always what you ask for. It's what you're thinking about. So if you are, like you said, you know, holding in truth, then yeah, you'll ha- start to manifest around your throat chakra um it'll start blocking up and i don't know how much of um in the quantum healing kind of world you've dabbled in but i go and see a guy named john at um Sippy downs and i've done a few of his courses now and it's fascinating the things that come up like i i've done some healings on various people just to practice and the other day there was I had this awareness of, oh, I was, I was, I was doing it and I asked these questions and then almost fell over. Like I was standing there, my back pain, lower back just so just grabbed and I was like, yeah. fuck, what is that? And then I asked him, I said, do you have lower back pain? And he said, yeah, my back left. And I was like, all right, sweet. So that, I've actually taken on his pain because that's the awareness that I asked for of like what, what's going on in his body. Mm. And then it was, it was all around distance. And his daughter that lives overseas at the moment. And it was a lot of sadness then came up for him. And the pain was to do with his daughter that lives overseas and the sadness he holds for the distance that they're apart from each other. It's crazy. And it's just like when people, because I, I don't really talk to, I'm really selective when I, who I talk to these things about because I just don't bother wasting time <laughs> having conversations if it's not going to be reciprocated it's not equal exchange and um thing just it's like someone asked me the other day they're like oh you know like like spiritual is just woo woo and i'm like is it woo woo or, or is it science as well because what are we made up of you know energy 
and everything around us is matter, everything from the Big Bang, atoms, protons, blah, blah, blah. Well, if energy is like the most thing, the thing that's like most alive, then like what's emotion? Emotion is obviously energy and motion. And like when you start to like look at these words, like energy, spelling, everything in between, as we know, they all link to certain, I guess you'd say, meanings. And it's so crazy, like when you talk to those about these things to people and they're like, kind of makes sense. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it kind of does. Hey? Yeah, it's um, I'm also I'm, I'm selective with who I speak to. I mean, I'm not selective. I feel like eventually you get to a point where your kind of circle is just where you're vibrating. And mm. someone, one of my employees the other day, she said she looked at me after a conversation. He goes, she goes, fuck, we're a weird group, aren't we? a weird group of people and like yeah we are but it's also like i'm like i'm i forgot what the others like now Mm. (laughs) but then i also see the people who are you know i can learn from and i'm like they're fucking weird compared to what we're talking about you know um (laughs) and but that that's it right like there's this it's that level system like what level are you on vibrating at like how like and that's what it's to me. It's just like, especially even with like people when people say they can't find people who are like them, mm. it's because like they're hanging around. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. It's <laughs> it's wild, and it's because a lot of people put in their head that this is the version that I want to be, and they think that's them because they talk about it. But it's like you're not actually being that, so mm. that's why you're not attracting that. Hundred percent, because. There. in my mind it's just like well it's simple like this is what i do and this is where these people are so yeah and yeah. it goes into like you know some other things as well like all right well even even if you know you're trying to be there and then maybe you're not getting there or meeting those people because you still think you're an imposter there's some kind of unworthiness or lack or insecurity that's holding you back mm. and with even with your own journey what are the things that kind of came up for you? Because I assume that like along your own journey, there would have been like a few um, experiences like that. Um, it's still, I mean, I've always been kind of good at going from like group to group and like, I just, cause I, like to, I suppose I never really attached to a particular, like, you know, I play football, so I have to hang out with the footballer. Um, but I think when it really like truly stopped affecting me internally of like where I would, would or would not fit in was when I just became my own, my my own being. And I was just like, you know, if you're interested in what I'm showing, I'm not going to go follow your stuff. Does that make sense? Mm. Like really become uncomfortable with who I am. Not needing to, you know, do things to make you laugh or, you know, come go out for a drink when I really don't even, I don't drink alcohol anymore. So it's like, what am I going to do? Come drink, pretend I like talking to you while you're drinking. You know, it's so, it's so, it happens so quickly. People worry about um, not finding other people in their group, but the amount of times, like I I left everyone who drank alcohol and it's like, then new people just appear. Mm. And then it's just like, I don't even think about alcohol. It just doesn't exist in my life. Um, but I have so many people. There's just abundance of people that when you raise your vibration, there's more people. You lower it, go back there. I would say, yeah, advice-wise, I think the more you work on yourself and become more of a con- live a more conscious life, because we're all on autopilot, 
you know, I'm, I'm still on autopilot, but then I try to catch myself. And like, okay. And then go back to as conscious, live and live as consciously as I can um, for as long as possible. And that's when you start making changes. When you're on autopilot, you're just running your programs. So, you know, you'll get up at the same time, you'll eat the same food, you'll go the same way to work, you'll do the same things at work, you'll see the same people. And it's just like, if you start to observe it, your life's like a circle. Mm. The moment you break one of those patterns, just break it. Just go the other way to work or quit your job or eat something different for breakfast or go to the, you, you just do little things to start breaking the patterns of what your mind thinks is going to happen. And then you start like, you've got a new awareness of life, right? Because in every morning you, you don't even know, you know, you know, when you're such a robot with what you're doing, you're just driving to work, you don't notice anything. Maybe you go a different way. You're like, Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? You know? So if you can, you start changing and you start to become present in more moments and, I think when you become more conscious, you then start, be, you become more conscious of the things that you want to change in your life. And then you start doing it to them. And when you improve yourself to the best, you know, you're healthy, you're spiritually aligned as much as you can be at that moment, you become financially literate and you start pr- providing for yourself instead of what, just unconsciously wasting money for like, you know, dopamine hits um, or like certain highs. Cause that's why a lot of people are wasting their money on because they're not happy. So they're speaking all these highs. But then when you start to, you know, bring back that energy, cause that's all money is, it's just energy that you're throwing at nothing. Um, then I think you also attract the partner that will come into your life and can show you really what you really need to fix because it's easy when you're single, when you're in a relationship, it's a massive healing container. That's when all your trauma comes up. And it's just then a reflection. It's never ending. It's just <laughs> yeah. keep going. Yeah. And that kind of comes down to, like you said, always kind of seeking like just the challenges. Yeah. I love the quote, like do it as hard and your life will be easy. Do it as easy and your life will be hard. Cause it's just like, it's straight to the point. It's so true. Like you're always seeking the easy way out. You know, one never have like confidence within yourself because you never got that actual um experience to know that you're like oh i can face anything you're constantly just hiding away from things and it's like a reflection in your own own life what what was like one of the the most impactful books that you've ever read oh impactful i don't know i've read a lot i've read i read a lot of half half the books and get the kind of gist and kind of put it down like can't hurt me is kind of is a good one, but it's definitely not the most impactful. Uh, Power of now would definitely yeah. would be it. The Power it of now, I, Power of now was all really early in my stage. Like I don't think I'd started meditating yet, and just understanding all of that, and I knew Earth was probably better. Um, all of those, like really understanding that, or stillness speaks. I used to just carry that book around, and when I felt like I wasn't present, I'd read one of those and just come into myself for like a you know, a few seconds, just be present. And then, um, yeah, Alan Watts, I've read a few of his books, but probably most, mostly impacted by his speeches. Yeah. Of recent Ram Das, Abraham Hicks, Joe Dispenza, you know, all of these people I'm sure you've listened to, but Alan Watts is great for starting and he's a really, he's really well-spoken. So some of those videos on YouTube are just awesome when you're beginning. Abraham Hicks is an absolute legend. I love it. It's just like, it's funny. It's like, I take that in, that information in really easily. 
Yeah. So I like, I like the jokiness. It needs like light, but it's also like straight to the point to it. And it's just mm-hmm. so easy to digest. Yep. Um, I actually remember the first time I, I read, what was it? What's the book called? Oh my God. By Ekdar Toll. Um, Power now. And my God, I struggled. Hey, it was really? so hard for me to actually read through it. And, but I found it was probably like I had a quarter left of the book and the last quarter of the book was when I enjoyed it most. Yeah. Well. And it's probably for the fact that I actually just read through the whole thing and like actually learned that the message, I was ignoring the message the whole time until it got to that last quarter. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I just need to actually be more mindful of everything that's happening around me. I remember I read one page and I looked up at my fan and it was just going around and it was just like, talking about being present in your environment, like noticing all, all the sensations around you and such. And I just started looking at my fan and I was like, and this is when I was running a PT business full time and it's very chaotic. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of nice actually slowing down. Like, because I had a fear of it before mm. and, you know, I've read, read quite a few things here and there, but that was probably the the first book that actually made me realize that it's not, scary to be in one place Mm. and and not trying to distract myself with other external things as well people panic when the when their mind truly switches off Mm. um because they're really afraid of what's what's happening inside and when you when that happens you know there's no when there's no distraction like a vipassana you're truly like you're there with your thoughts and you're not meant to be, you're meant to be observing sensation, but the thoughts come up and then you're like, Oh shit. It's like the reality is there with it. But you know, I have absolutely no problem right like now being alone or being with myself, but I know a lot of people are very scared of it, Mm. but you can feel the resistance. I can feel the resistance. if It's been a little while for meditating and like you go into it and it's like, there's initial resistance of, Oh shit we're going into quiet and the body kind of reacts because the body doesn't want to. Sorry. The body doesn't want to, the mind doesn't want to. So it shows you a sensation on the body. Try and like make you do something else basically. And you'll have a thought of, Oh, maybe I'll just go to bed or maybe I only do 10 minutes instead of 20 or you come making up excuses. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, maybe I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah. And it's when the mind gets like dissected mm. when you're doing this. So it's like, it doesn't want to change. It's the same. It's an ego death again, because mm. it it starts. You start to changing, changing what's going on inside. The thing that I've found that I've even recommended to people as well is if they struggle to meditate, do a breath work session first, like yeah. Wim Hof. Turn off that like analytical brain so that you just can turn off that. Well, not turn it off the ego, but pause it for a few moments, so then you can get into a, a meditative state um because think, oh yeah i think it's a good idea if you really mm. really can't like that's better than not doing anything at all because like obviously you don't want to be reliant on um because breath work is kind of fabricated in my opinion like mm. you're fabricating a state so yeah. really it's kind of almost resistance to what it's kind of resistance in a way to um the natural um, reality is what, what's actually pertaining because you fabricated into becoming quiet to then meditate. Mm. But I think that if you are like really struggling to get going, I'd definitely do that. But then slowly just learn to just sit down, 
observe your breath and don't do anything else. And it, it's like so impactful too. Like I'm a big walking meditator. Like I just like be mindful of my breath, watch what's happening around me and just kind of cruise through. And for me, it's just like, so nice. eh? Like, it's just like walking on clouds, you feel really good, but it's also that knowingness of like that you're not controlled by external things. You're just like fully within yourself. And when I first started doing like meditation and properly was when I was a PT and I was just super chaotic working all the time. had like a, I think I mentioned this to you before, like a, a mini stroke. Um, so I just overworked myself, had no real control. And after that, I started to like seek a bit of presence and, and started to go down that mindfulness path. I think it probably took me maybe like two months of doing it every morning of just like doing 30 breaths in and out until I actually got into it. So it built the discipline within me to actually be like, all right, well, this is a process. I'm just going to have to get used to it. And then eventually it was just like, all right, now it's easy. But the same thing as you, you, this partner is if you apply that, that, I guess that perspective or, or whatever you want to call it to everything that you do, everything else becomes so much more like, I guess you could say in flow. I, like it just, it says, it just happens. You know what I mean? Definitely. I think one, if you want more, if your listeners want some more kind of things that help me, because I do so much, like I get up at 3.30, like I've just got back into it. It was 4.30 for like a month. But that first hour is actually, I've realized it's so important for me because what my routine is, is get up at three and the first thing I write, I just write whatever is on my mind. I start writing because during this like three to four p.m., four a.m., you kind of in this like really, I don't know how to explain it, mindset where you've come out of sleep, but you're barely awake. Mm. It's like and a theta and alpha brainwave state where you're like still unconscious. So things like more possible to create. Yeah. I mean, it must be that because the downloads are just like profound. What comes onto your pen is, and like I was writing, sometimes I'll just be like, Oh, I'm not thinking anything. I'll just, the first word that comes and I just start writing off that word. But I wanted to write down my dreams because I want to start like trying to remember them just so I can, uh, cause like I know a way of, um, dissecting the dream to see what's happening in my reality now like what what i need or what i don't or what's happening what i'm feeling um anyway i was like all i can remember is this one thing so then i was like just write it down and i wrote that and then it was like oh and this oh and this and before i knew it i'd wrote a whole page it's like we 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 make that excuse of like oh we won't be able to the brain is the mind is so powerful and if you just start writing it just starts coming but i think writing and then after half an hour of writing you go to the gym then either go to JITS or start my day if, if it's on that training day. But that writing, after I finish writing, it feels like, you know, when you leave gym and your kind of mind feels like you've released a bunch of chemicals in it. Endorphin rush. That, what, yeah, yeah. It must be endorphin. But it has, it's like this weird feeling about finish writing at four o'clock. I'm still so tired, but my mind's just so awake. Yeah. It's like I just went to a gym. It's like I just went to the mind gym. Well, it's like an but ice bath when you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like the ice. Yeah. yeah. That feeling after an ice bath. But yeah, I think writing and then meditating before bed, I find important because it shuts off my day where I've just consumed so much and I'll sit down and then after like 10, 20 minutes to an hour, it's, um, depending how long I meditate for, it's, it's just, 
built so when I go to sleep, it's not chaotic. Mm. Um, and I fall asleep straight away. But I go to bed before nine. I go to bed at eight. It's way better. And so many people like will say like, oh, "I can't sleep," and it's like, "Well, stop telling yourself you can't yeah, sleep." But... Yeah. And just like understand that like you can't sleep because one, you're probably on your phone, hitting the, hitting the dopamine hits. Um, two, you're keeping yourself awake because you're not acknowledging anything in your life. You're avoidant. Um, and three, you haven't started doing some breathing. You're not mindful. Yeah. The and, most simple way to go to, I go to, I can fall asleep in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. If you just observe your breath and do like, even do like some long, deep inhales and exhales, like by 10 seconds, you're out. 100%. <laughs> very simple breath. Like, or even like, I don't do this, but like long inhales, long outhales, like 30 of them, and then hold your breath. I reckon that would put me to sleep too. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you look into the, the nooks and crannies of it because exactly everything that you're doing is like essentially just regulating your nervous system. Like your breathing regulates your brain waves and your brain waves regulate your nervous system. So you're putting yourself in a, uh, a rest and digest state. So you're allowing yeah. your body to turn off. And then because you're allowing your body to turn off, you can perform so much better every day because you're actually giving back to your body versus, you know, everyone's trying to run their days on that, that fight and flight, you know, go, 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 not mindful of breathing. Um, what they're eating may cause inflammation, you know, like there's all these particular things that add on. And it's kind of like, you just kind of have to take that first step and be like, all right, well, what's the three hor- horrible things that I'm doing for myself right now that aren't serving me? I'm eating shit. I'm not breathing. I'm not training and I'm hanging around people who are telling me I'm a piece of shit or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, how about we fix some of those and be like, well, what's the first step? Well, let's, let's change one of them. And like you said, it only takes one. And then you're like, well, that was kind of good. All right. What's the next thing? Cool. There's like, whatever. And it's just like constantly like working on those things again and again and again. Yeah, definitely. Just do it. If there's things I don't want to do and I, I always put like some kind of, um, you know, I'll just ins- I'll tell myself some story. It's like, you know, I will I'll either break it down into parts and then end up just doing the whole thing because it makes it sound easier. Like, oh, if I just do 30 minutes of this and then do 30 mm. minutes tomorrow, then it's like by the time I've done 30, I'm like, well, I might as well just finish it all right now. Or, you know, if you're at the gym and you don't want to do another set, make up a story as to, uh, you know, some loved one that's dying, you've got to carry him up the hill. Some just ma- tell yourself things to self-motivate to just get through the difficult crap until you can just become disciplined enough to do it. 100%. But I, like, I think the most important thing is to become aware of your excuses. So when you're making excuses, if the quicker you could become conscious of the fact that you've made, you've told yourself some excuse, um, the quicker you can change. And it's like the, in the morning, I posted this thing this morning. I don't know if you saw it. It was, it was, um, when you press your snooze button, this is what came to me this morning when I was writing. It's like when you press the snooze button, you're telling your mind, you're telling your mind that the emotions are in control. Mm. And then that's going to manifest itself throughout the rest of your day. It's like whenever you, whenever something unpleasant comes up, your mind's going to say, Oh, no, don't do that because, and then you'll get like the feeling of like, I'm not going to do that. And you'll believe that instead of overpowering it. So it's probably a good way to, um, practice discipline is to set your alarm in the morning for a stupid hour like 3 30 and then just get straight up do not press snooze 
and you'll watch your mind battle. Mm. <laughs> and you're and- going to sit there and you'll go, this is the habit pattern of my mind. My, the habit pattern of my mind is to react this quickly and go back to la la land, just where I'm pleasant and happy. And that's always seeking easy. You know, you'll feel better when you get up because after you finish gym at 4.30 and you've already exercised and the sun's still not up, you go, wow, ready for the day. I can like, there's just no better feeling than getting up, doing everything you need to do and then knowing that no one's even up yet. Like it's, it's a good feeling because you're like, oh, I'm thriving. Like this is, and it's creating that momentum to lead into your day. Mm, exactly. So what what are like three of the biggest achievements that you've had in your life that you're proud of? I don't know, material or personal. I think when I yeah, do, whatever. I, think, I think, I never really think about this, hey, but I don't know, going, continuing to go back to the past after 10 years is definitely in my head, like something that I'm proud that I stuck to because I know a lot of people do one and then, don't go back. Um, and I know that every time I go, I develop further in my own being. Mm-hmm. Um, relationship, where I'm at with, I'm not in a relationship, but where my, you know, because I've approached, I've come out of a long-term relationship probably four, five years ago. And, you know, even looking back on that, and I just like analyzed who I was, what the relationship was like, what I liked, what I could improve. And then, going through other experiences with women and just observing what makes them good and what makes them bad, what makes them work, what doesn't, and the psychology and um, how to be a better partner and all that. I think getting myself to where I am now to be like confident in myself that I would be a good partner is probably something I'm proud of. And that doesn't just come from relationship. It comes from, you know, becoming stronger, becoming stronger, better discipline, live a more virtuous life, you know, be financially disciplined and like have build, building a kingdom basically the masculine sort of traits that you want to be able to hold and honor in a relationship. Um, and yeah, just not giving up really. Like I've, I've fucked up a lot in various ways. Like in business too, like there's so many different things that I've done that I'm like, that was dumb, lost so much money. But then it's like, on the other hand, I've done so many different things at the same time and all of these other ones made money. So it's the ability to keep trying and keep going, keep moving forward and not dwell on the one thing that didn't go right. So the mind that I've developed in 10 years or in the last 10 years, mostly, but obviously my whole life. And the cool thing about that is it's like, it just shows that like you're fully invested in yourself and that investment always brings back a return. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of reminds me, I don't, have you read the book, The Alchemist? It's a kid's book, but... Uh, I've read, I've picked it up so many times. I've yeah. had it so many times, but now I've, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's my favorite. I say this on every podcast. I love the book. Like it literally changed yeah. my life. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's a little book, but the values in it teach you that there's always signs all around you and the whole journey and process leads you to where you need to go always. And yeah. they talk about the alchemist and I like this. It's like, you know, turning um, whatever it is in front of you into gold and like, the way that I kind of receive that is you have the ability to turn any shit storm into a sunny day You can change any situation. And to me, that's like what it sounds like. You're just living like that your own, they talk about personal legend, pursuing your personal legend, but also building upon that more and more and more. And 
I'm I'm very like I love it. Like just I love it. It makes me so happy. <laughs> just the fact that you can like when you realize that you can do it, that yeah. anything's possible. It's it's just like and when you see someone who who does it and they embody it and they're like on that journey, it's just like super inspiring. I was speaking to this lady the other day and she was talking to me about how her, her partner can't find a job or hasn't been able to find a job for, I don't know how long it was. It was something long time, a year or two. Yeah. But they'd studied this particular thing at uni and, you know, they want this specific, they can only get it in specific like surgeries or whatever. Cause it was a, it was a specific, um, niche anyway while she was talking about other things about this, this man, which I don't know, but I could see exactly why he's not getting the job. And I, I said to her afterwards, I said, the thing with me is I haven't studied that. And in my head, I reckon I could walk into these surgeries tomorrow and get the job. Like that's how, that's how much I believe in my ability to get that, what I, what I want. So if I wanted that, I'd go get it. Yeah. Um, and that is the most important thing because it, when you hold yourself in a way of like that sort of confidence and you believe you can do it and you can believe it's going to be there for you, then, you know, you just follow the necessary steps to actually get that. So you might get denied the first one, but you'll get shown a sign, like you said, and it'll be like, can I do this? Like, okay, I'll do that and then go back again and you get the job. And it's, it's cool because like every sign isn't going to be something like in your face. Like if you're looking for a job, it's like job. It could be yeah. like, oh, this person wants to catch up with me. Yeah. Cool. I'll catch up. Yeah. Maybe catching up with them leads to a conversation that leads to an opportunity that leads to the job that I want. And it's like everything is linked somehow. Like, what was it? It was maybe about two months ago. I, I'm pursuing or I've created like a, a little side retreat business for NDIS. So I've got my main thing, but I want to create something for NDIS as well. And, um, it's so interesting. I, I was like, all right, cool. This is, this is what I, I really want to create. And this seems cool. It'd be a great opportunity to build something that there's things out there, but they're just not creating the set standard that I believe could be out there. I feel like it could be better. Um, and anyway, I go have this conversation with this lady cause she's like, Oh, I've got some questions about how you do, do your treats and whatever. And I was like, sweet, whatever, catch up with her. And then it's like, do you want to start an NDIS retreat business? And it's like, Okay. I was only thinking about that like a little bit ago and it's like, all right, cool. Well done, etc. And it's just like things like that. Like everything leads you where you need to go. It's just about like not closing yourself off to it and being like, no, I can't do that because I don't have time. It's like, well, you do have time because there's an opportunity for you right there. If you open your eyes to it. Chris, I'll say this to um, my mate who, you know, we work, we don't work together, but we work together. We're always talking about business and always talking about this stuff. But we both joke about how easy the game is. It's the most simple thing. Like when you really learn that you can have anything you want, you just ask and then you have to trust that you, like you said, someone rings you. Like it's fascinating. The um, uh, It's like, oh, here's a story. He was talking to this old guy he's, who questioned one of his variations on a job. He said, initially he got like annoyed he's like fuck like you made me do it like why are you questioning me then he thought actually this guy's been in business 70 years maybe i can learn from what he's trying to say 
Um, mm. Anyway, the convers he he instead of asking like instead of resisting him with ego and going like you know you blah 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 like this is what I did it. He actually said, "Okay, would you mind like showing me what you would do?" And then from that, he had a conversation where the guy said, "Look, I've been in construction this long. When times are good, obviously we're building new builds." But when times are bad, I've got a maintenance crew that keeps me going through when no one's building. So I can, I've been able to maintain myself so recessions don't affect me. From that one thing, he realized that all his focus was on projects and he needs to focus on a maintenance team. So he started. And then the next week, because he decided I'm taking over the maintenance, one of my employees said, Oh, you should, you should call um, this maintenance company. They need someone. And he took over the whole Sunshine Coast of like maintenance with lights. The next wow. week, and it was like because instead of having, um, you know, fuck you, I'm like just pay my bill or whatever. Like, how can I actually learn from this? This has come up for a reason. How can I learn from this guy? And then he just it, just, he's got security now. <laughs> it's so crazy, hey! It's just like when you lean into it, you you just realize so much more. Yeah, and I. I guess like with the ego and stuff, like of being like, Oh, I've got this experience. I've got this blah, blah, blah. It's just like, you just kind of have to say, yeah, you just got to say to yourself, you're like, well, I don't know everything might have a great baseline, but there's always room to improve and always room to like grow. Um, what do you think is like your biggest inspiration for pursuing purpose in your own life? Um, my biggest inspiration or my biggest motivation is um, it's to, I know that money influences change, right? So using, so using money as an instrument of change and the people that have the money at the moment, like I'm talking like um, not just millionaires, uh, billionaires or trillionaires, like really wealthy people that control the, you know, assets of the world i don't think are making the decisions that i would like to see for humanity i don't think a lot of them are very um considered for everyone's livelihood or Mm. etc so to be able to be in a position where i can influence the communities that i'm in in a better way you know better buildings with um, better consideration for social impact and the environment and you know um the livelihood of the person living in there, how it connects to the street and the broader kind of city, how food's incorporated in our lives. Um, yeah, just pe- people's own livelihoods through their own small businesses, all of these things that, and then to incorporate stillness and meditation through into people's lives, into the community, because I know how much of an impact it's had on my life and how much it's changed me. So yeah, to be able to just share all that. And I think, money is energy and the more of it you have the more you can share with other people Mm. and yeah i think once you get to a point of you once you get to a point of well i'm at a point where i don't need anything obviously i don't have children at the moment but like even even when i have like wife and kids it's kind of like my needs are going to be met financially without too much like i don't live a very, very um extraordinary life in that sense, like I don't need to buy anything, but then all that money is used to give back into investments and things that are going to perpetuate the betterment of humanity. So I think it comes from a place of giving. So when you get to a point, you want to then give it 
all back. So I'm doing it for others, basically. Ultimately yeah. doing it for myself. It it always cycles through because whenever you're doing something for others, it always comes back to you anyway. So like it's always that cycle. And, and that's, at all the end need, day. that's all we need to learn because greed is so pointless because when you do things for yourself, it's like you could get it anyway by helping others. Mm. Good so things have always thing happened in my life whenever I've done things for other people. What advice would you have for yourself when you're a bit younger, say like, I don't know, 12? that you felt that you needed to hear that would change the complete trajectory of your life today? See, I don't know if I, uh, I heard this thing the other day. It was like, would you go back to being 12 again, but you, you had to restart all of your traumas or take a different path. Like, I don't think I would, like I'm kind of really happy as to where I am and what I've gone through. So to go and change the path would probably insinuate that I wouldn't get these same lessons and I'd need to learn. I'd learn new ones. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would. My yeah. advice would be like, do exactly what you were going to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Um, a few quick questions I call them. So it's just like fast questions that you answer straight away. Um, what's the best advice you've ever been told? Um, oh, you got me on the spot here. Best <laughs> advice. You said quick and um, my mind's just going, say it quick, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> um, it would probably be to, it would be something along the lines of what we spoke about. Like, I think my dad once said to me that, no, I don't, I don't care what you do as long as you do it well. So just whatever you choose, just do it well. And um, how you do anything is how you do everything. What's the worst advice you've ever been told? Go to school. Go to school. <laughs> yeah. School, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. School. <laughs> I reckon there's probably someone at school who said like, "Make sure you work on your grades so you get a better." All of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Favorite quote: um, "Drift like the cloud and flow like water." Love it. Who says that? Um, Alan Watson said it. I don't know if he quoted it. Yeah. And then three things that you would say to someone right now who's on the edge of their seat between like, you know, giving up completely and going all in on their, their dreams. I'd probably tell them that they're going to, if they're going to commit suicide, well, they're just going to be reincarnated and have to repeat the pattern again. So you might as well sort it out now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say I would, depending on what the business was, I would just give them the advice to create a routine. That's like we spoke about, get up early, write, meditate, and exercise and trust everything that comes your way. But the final one would be like life is suffering. So just go into it like with all of your being and accept it because you're going to, you know, suffering is inevitable. So the more joy you can come, the more meaning you can find out of suffering, the happier and better you'll be. The more at peace you'll be. I don't know about happiness because I think everyone's chasing happiness, but I think peace is what we're ultimately after because if I'm at peace with sadness or happiness, then nothing can hurt me really. If I'm at peace with death, then it doesn't matter. Full detachment of everything and just like just being. Just being, yeah, because you can when you're when you're at peace, you're totally present. Mm. And you have a journal, right? That you we do this still, yeah. yeah, I didn't mention that before, but 
off the like a subsidiary to the pottery studio we started a meditation sort of company which is where my podcast is illness every day and i'm going to be you know bringing more things out of it but it's always been a side sort of to my side business so it's given it's been given the least amount of love of everything i do but we have a stillness journal which is i think great for anyone at the beginning of their journey because you're every day you're writing down what you're grateful for what you want to let go of what you want to achieve for the day like they're they're prompting you to just um you know just be honest with yourself and then just put the book away and at night in the morning and night so and then it's got a meditation library in it where you can scan and there's a bunch of meditations i've recorded and a few other people so it's um yeah if you want to start your journey it's a, probably a great way to just get that book and use it for a few months and get you going it sounds like a good start to me i reckon any kind of guidance during any like i guess process or journey that someone's like starting on or even midway through the more structure and clarity you have within yourself the further you're going to get um that kind of brings us all the way to our the end of our our own journey today on the podcast um where can people find you on social media if they just want to follow along and kind of watch your own journey unfold? Uh, Herodotus 777, you'll find me ranting about all sorts of shit. I love it. Otherwise, I love it. Um, doing it every day podcasts. I've got a few really good ones that I've just recorded with, um, yeah, you'll see. Damn. <laughs> well, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. There was lots of knowledge bombs in there and lots of like, easy to take in digestible information that realistically could completely change someone's life forever, especially like some of the stuff we touched on literally mind, body and soul. Um, so I'm super stoked to have you on and no doubt people. Hopefully your audience enjoyed it. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely sure they will. Oh, there'll be some brain like explosions. I'm sure. <laughs> awesome, mate. Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening in, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media, leave us a review, and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference. And you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.